If all has gone to plan, by the time of me recording this, a day before Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, or a couple days after, depending on when you're viewing this, somebody out there, multiple people out there, and maybe myself, will be rich from the three-game Thanksgiving slate, and we're trying to now not chase our winnings. We didn't lose. No, 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 not chase our winnings on the Sunday slate. We're trying to just grow return more profit, return more on that investment this Sunday for week 12. Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you something. We're breaking records right here at Vetri Media LLC right now on the Sal Vetri YouTube channel because my flight is in a couple hours. We're, we're cutting it real close. Okay, so so maybe maybe this video is going to be edited later on to let you know two hours later. Two hours later. From the SpongeBob episode to let you know that I missed my flight because I decided to give the good people of YouTube, the good people of the podcast streets, another video on Friday for the Sunday slate. Always thinking ahead, the big old heart that I got for all you people out there because we were recording this at 3.23 a.m., mind you. So, you know, it takes a couple minutes to set some things up. It takes a couple minutes to get up myself. So, we're on here, getting up about 2.45 a.m. so we can get this video out because this one's usually a doozy. This one usually 35, 40 minutes, editing time and all that type of stuff. So, welcome in. All that to say, I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving when you're viewing this. I hope you are all having a fantastic start to your now holiday weekend. Be safe out there, whether it's Black Friday. Be safe out out there if you're on your laptop watching out for them hackers on your side cyber monday deals whatever it might be i'm going to be sure to try and be getting some nice lights try and be getting some more equipment for the cyber weekend myself so if anybody out there's got any deals slide them my way through the dms slide them my way through the youtube comments and also while you're doing all that stuff slide your finger right over the like button your mouse pad smash that like button big old subscribe when it pops up tap that and hit the notification bell appreciate if you do all those things for me and boy oh boy if you don't got any interest in going out or, or buying anything this weekend outside of fantasy right Outside of spending some money on your fantasy allocations, your hobby, your investments, another investment you should be checking out is getting players' stocks. Yes, player stock is an actual thing, and that is the sponsor of today's show, as you can see up above, Jock Market. And I have some huge news here about Jock Market. Jock Market is now available in the Android store as of Tuesday of this week. So they are now available in everything. Apple and your iPhones, if your Google Play Store and your Androids, go ahead and check it out. Jock Market is where daily fantasy sports meets a stock exchange. Yes, you can buy stock in players now. The whole goal here is you bid on somebody, you buy low, the stock market opens at 8 a.m. or the jock market, 8 a.m. East Coast time on Sunday, closes at noon. Then you can trade after that as well. You could just sell your shares. You could trade live. But the bidding process on the initial public offering, if you're not familiar, that is what an IPO is when a company goes live, when these player props are going to go live, these players, their stocks are going to go live. That is when you can buy those stocks. And the whole goal is for the fantasy points to be greater than somebody else's that you don't have ownership towards. So you get more return on investment. So it's going to be based all off of fantasy points. It's going to be based all off of you being able to identify value, which, hey, if you play DraftKings, if you play SuperDraft, FanDuel, whatever it might be, if you're able to identify value, you know the guys that are underpriced, and you're going to know the exact same players more times than not over on Jock Market. Be sure to check it out today. You can check it out if also if you're a viewer from Canada. Linked down below in the description. If you use the code SAL10, that is SAL10, you will get a $10 free play upon your deposit. So be sure to check all that out. Jock Market, the proud sponsor of this final thoughts week 12 show so let's get into this video now we're going to start with the quarterback position and if you're watching on the youtube channel you can see all my sheets are up right now the quarterback position also i, I will call out that i will not be live on this sunday there's like a five percent chance maybe i will be live depending on if my schedule changes but as of right now i plan to be traveling back on sunday i will not be have access to any type of live streaming equipment maybe i'll do a live on periscope maybe i'll do something quick and, and quick and easy somewhere else in terms of a live stream maybe instagram live whatever it might be uh maybe if we can get something to work on periscope on twitter so just keep an eye out for that but 
that one, dude, Saturday video comes out tomorrow. This will be the first time in two years I am not streaming for a Sunday main slate. But with that being said, we get to the quarterbacks. And look, it's looking like a you pay up for the studs quarterbacks. Last week was the first week in a while. Maybe the first week since like week one or week two where we were like, hey, we can punt quarterback. You can play Taysom Hill. PJ Walker's on the slate. There's a couple other guys. Like if Jameis Winston was going to open up, he was in the $5,900 range. A couple other guys that are cheap, right? And nobody really wanted to be playing. I mean, outside of Deshaun Watson, who had some ownership, wasn't getting as much as he should have. Nobody wanted to play Aaron Rodgers. He was our that one dude. He goes for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Now he's not on this slate, but you have a lot of other studs coming back to the slate. Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen to basically name the guys that are $7,500 and above. And the only other guy above $7,000 on the slate is the rookie Justin Herbert, who is Mr. Consistent. He's basically becoming right now just as consistent as all these other guys up here. Doesn't have the ceiling and doesn't show it as often, I would say, as Kyler Murray. I would say that he has it, the 40-point performances. I mean, we just basically saw one, but he's consistently getting you out there like his worst performance is at 22 fantasy points. His average performances are now 25 fantasy points. He's just going out there and he's absolutely murking people with his 300 yards per game. What is 7.7 yards per attempt, which if you take out the small sample side of Taysom Hill is basically right now going to be coming in for like tied for third on this slate. So it is a pay up at quarterback week. And I can talk about the mid range when we get there, but we can start off with Kyler Murray, who's back on the slate at $8,200. He's going to come in with a 25.75 team implied total. You know what you're getting out of Kyler? 9.2 rush attempts per game, 62 rushing yards per game. The man is averaging over 30 fantasy points per game, and he is currently on pace to outbeat the record smashing, record shattering pace last year of the 2019 Lamar Jackson fantasy football season. Kyler Murray is looking to beat that this year, which is just pretty preposterous and insane. He's not getting sacked right now with just a 3.5% sack percentage is the lowest on the slate. Obviously him being mobile is going to help that out a lot. 7.5 yards per attempt, 264 yards per game. I like Kyler Murray right here and do not be scared of this New England secondary. Whether it's Stelfon Gilmore dealing, dealing with injury and just regressing this year, getting older, they're looking to trade him. The Patriots are not looking to trade fantastic players for no reason. That usually means that their dip is coming in a year or two, if not immediately this year. JC Jackson has been fine, but he has not been as outstanding as he was the first five, six games of this year. And as he was last year, and they were able to hide him a little bit more when Gilmore was doing fantastic. So Kyler Murray, yeah, stacks with Hopkins are your clear cut ones. And then Christian Kirk would be your secondary option as he just is never going to be expensive. From back options on New England, and I don't want to bury the lead on some of this stuff, but guys like James White, we know Rex Burkham, right? You still have some of the wide receivers, Demir Bird having a career game last week with 130 yards. You can go back to Jacoby Myers if you want to get the flop lag game out of him, meaning now he won't be owned this week. And it'll basically be a very similar play as he was last week. He just didn't have a good game last week. So Kyler's in play for me and he is a yes. And I don't think it's aggressive to make him a yes because of the fact that he's rushing upside. Literally this year, he is averaging on the ground like 12 to 13 points per game just in rushing alone, which is just an insane, I would say floor. I mean, the floor is close basically right now for this guy, like eight to nine fantasy points on the ground. Now, the guy that I probably like, maybe not the most, it's early on in the week for me, at least when I'm recording this on a Wednesday. So if there's any injury news, by the way, this is a disclaimer. If any injury news comes out, oh, Kyler got COVID, right? Something crazy happens that I'm not mentioning here. And you're like, how's this guy not mentioning it? I'm recording this on Wednesday morning. All the news that I am discussing in this is the news that I have currently up to this point. If you want any updates, check out my Patreon projections and rankings and ownership. All that stuff can be found down below on my Patreon, as well as the Closing Thoughts podcast on Sunday, which is going to be a great thing that it comes out every single week, but especially this week, if you're not going to be able to, I'm not going to be doing the live stream, not going to be able to see me on Sunday live this week. You can check out the Patreon Closing Thoughts podcast. We go about 40, 45 minutes each and every week discussing GPP strategy, discussing how I build my stacks, how I build my groups for GPPs and my 150 lineups, and exactly how you can beat your opponents, score more points in your opponents, where they're going to make mistakes, and how we're going to exploit that. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. Link down below to check it out. But we get Patrick Mahomes back on this slate with the highest overall implied total. There's a couple games with some big totals here. You have three teams that are going to be coming in with a 29 or over team total. And one of those is Patrick Mahomes pushing 30 right now at 29.75 as three and a half point favorites. Not just the highest overall team total, but the highest overall game total at Tampa Bay on the opposite side of this one is going to be putting up a nice total 26.25 as three and a half point underdogs. So I like Mahomes here. I believe that it said Herbert leads 
needs to slate at 300 yards per game earlier. It's actually Mahomes at 304 yards per game, just very quietly the MVP this year. Everybody's talking about Russell Wilson. Then Russell Wilson has like two games where he has 10 total turnovers and can't be the case right now. Then everybody wants to talk about Kyler Murray because he threw a Hail Mary, even though he's not that efficient right now through the air overall. He's basically an NFL average quarterback, 264 yards per game, 7.5 yards per attempt, a 68% completion percentage. That's all like slightly above average for Kyler Murray this year. It's just the fact that he's well and extraordinary and record breaking on the ground. But no, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's the MVP. 8.1 yards per attempt is going to lead the slate. His passing yards leads the slate. Just a 0.53 interception ratio. Just one interception so far this season, I believe. So he's been fantastic. 7.2% touchdown rate. Every single thing that he's doing is leading the slate from an efficiency standpoint, from a volume standpoint when it comes to passing. He's also chipping in 20 yards per game on the ground. Mahomes right now, you know your stacks. Hill is going to be expensive. Kelsey is going to be expensive, but arguably Kelsey is underpriced. If you just put Kelsey as a wide receiver, you might be saying this guy should be like three, $400 more. Sammy Watkins might be back to actually make this stack work out a little bit more. And then you have so many options on Tampa Bay that you can go to here. You can punt tight end with Rob Gronkowski, right? If you didn't want to play Kelsey and you want to go Sammy Watkins and Tyree Kill, and you get a cheap Sammy Watkins, you get a cheap Rob Gronkowski on the opposite side. You have Antonio Brown, who's the cheapest of all these Tampa Bay wide receivers coming off of now 26 targets in his last three games and his first three games with Tampa coming off of a 13 target game. You have Chris Goblin and Mike Evans fairly priced because all these guys are cutting into each other's production. This is the game that I assume a lot of people are going to try in game stack, but we're going to need to identify value. We don't have that much running back value on the slate. So finding the value within your stacks becomes even more important. That's why I'm going to be closely monitoring the Sammy Watkins injury this week, trying to get creative on my runbacks, whether I go Gronk plus Antonio Brown to get even more unique because of the fact that this game is going to be popular on an 11 game slate that is not yet getting that full 14 game slate. So ownership is going to continue to matter. So right now I do prefer Mahomes over Murray just due to the upside in this overall game environment and the overall stacking, but no issues with Murray at all. My third and final yes, and then we have four other interests, is going to be Josh Allen right now back on the slate. So the three most expensive players. Sat, what are you doing here? You're just naming all the expensive guys. That's the way it is this week. This is the way it was two, three weeks ago. Last week it was the punt option, and maybe if some guys get COVID, or maybe if we get some injury news on certain players, we can go there. But a lot of the cheaper quarterbacks this week due to injuries that are continuing to happen, whether it's Joe Burrow's ACL. I'm not going to Ryan Finley at $4,900. He's absolute dust. He might not even score five fantasy points. Uh, Drew Locke is not somebody that I have any interest in going to right now with an 18 point. 0.75 team implied total, Sam Donald or Joe Flacco, whichever one comes in below 20 implied total, right? All these things. If it's Nick Mullen still, sure, he's a quality quarterback from yards per attempt career-wise, not so much this year at 5.5 and again, under a 20 implied team total. There's nobody on this slate really that stands out, I would say, below $5,500. So you're not going to be finding all that much value. Now, there's a couple guys in the five range where I'm about to get to them. But first, let's talk about Josh Allen here at $7,600. Again, I just prefer to find Patrick Mahomes. I think these stacks have a lot more upside, but this game environment is probably going to go a little bit less notice. A 53 and a half overall implied game total is the third highest on the slate. So people are going to see this game. People know Keenan Allen, who is now $8,000. People know Herbert, how good he's been. People know Josh Allen back in the slate, things like this. But I think you're going to be able to see Kansas City and Tampa Bay pick up a lot of ownership. And then another game we'll talk about in a second, Vegas and Atlanta will pick up some ownership. So I'm thinking that this one might get hidden in between, even though both quarterbacks look great. I have interest in both of them. Have a little bit more interest right now in Josh Allen for $400 more. You get a little bit more of a rushing floor, 28 yards per game right now compared to Herbert at 20 yards per game. And you're just going to get a little bit more, I'd say cheaper options in your stacks. It's also a condensed offense. John Brown is dealing with injury. So if he's out $5,500 Cole Beasley, that's a lot, but I'm okay to get there just because he's that involved in this offense, multiple hundred plus yard games. And then you know what you get out of Steph Diggs on the top end, who I much prefer this week, Steph Diggs and his matchup versus Chargers secondary, where we used to think Casey Hayward was good. I used to think he was good as a Packers fan. I was like, ah, we let him go for nothing, right? He goes over there and he's an absolute ball hawking shadow quarterback, lockdown guy. He's actually really bad right now. Like he's, he might be playing for his job right now. That's how bad he is. So there's nobody there that's going to be able to stop 
Stefan Diggs. Nobody's even going to be coming close. No Derwin James, obviously, in the secondary due to his injury at the beginning of the year in camp. So I think that Stefan Diggs is one of the best wide receiver plays, if not the best wide receiver play in the slate this week. So pairing up with his quarterback makes it a little bit easier to want to get there overall. 29 and a half overall implied total, basically tied with the Chiefs for the highest on the slate right now. Not throwing interceptions, not being sacked at all this year. Josh Allen averaging 7.2 rushing attempts per game is third highest on the slate for a quarterback. My primary stack depends on if John Brown is healthy. If we're getting news that he's not practicing all week and he's a game time decision and we don't know if he's going to be healthy, then my primary stack would be Steph Diggs and Cole Beasley. If John Brown is definitely healthy, he's a totally different player for this team. It would be then for the cheaper Steph Diggs plus John Brown running back with whoever you want on the Chargers. You have a lot of options there. Punt tight end with Hunter Henry if you can't afford Keenan Allen. Seems like your best option. Now we get into a couple interests I won't spend as much time on, but Justin Herbert on the opposite side of that game. We like targeting quarterbacks who have nice team totals and are going to be underdogs in a high scoring game. And that's what these next three out of four quarterbacks are for me. Herbert, a five and a half point underdog. He's going to have to be chucking it. Expect him to throw somewhere around 40 times in this game. He's averaging 38.9 pass attempts per game. That's second highest on the slate, only to Tom Brady. His 300 yards per game is second, only to Patrick Mahomes, 7.7 yards per attempt. You're getting those 21 rushing yards per game on the ground. My primary stack would be, yes, still paying up for Keenan Allen because his target share is insane coming off of what he did last week, continuing to produce just 20 plus point performances. His worst games right now are like 15 to 16 fantasy points. And that's not going to win you a GBP if he does that at this price point, but it sure as hell is not going to crash and burn your lineup because of Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and Mike Williams, as I've been saying, is a broken record for like the past two months. In that order are my primary stacking options, running it back with Steph Diggs, John Brown, if healthy, and Cole Beasley in that order. Fine to get the two of them, fine to five-man game stack this thing. Now we get to this game right here, which both sides of it I have interest in, but it's going to depend on Julio Jones' status. Matt Ryan and Derek Carr at these price points, they're the only cheap quarterbacks I currently have interest in, depending on what news comes out later in the week. Maybe that change. $5,900 Matt Ryan right now. Look, you're getting 38.8 pass attempts per game. He leads this slate and his team leads this slate in pass plays per game overall. 298 yards per game is third highest on the slate. Just a 3.6% sack percentage. So the offensive line has become much better this year after some of those rookies they drafted in the first round last year are able to actually get some time, get healthier, as was not the case last year until late in the season and make some improvements as he has the second lowest sack rate on the season, which was not the case at all last year. A 26.5 team implied total and he's a three point underdog. But this is the big thing. His splits without Julio Jones are absolutely atrocious. I do not want to be playing Matt Ryan at $5,900 if Julio Jones is not in there. Now, Julio Jones has not been that great overall this year. Like when he's fully healthy, he does look good out there. Don't let people tell you otherwise. He has three dominant performances this year when he's been fully healthy. And he's only been fully healthy for probably about four to four and a half games this year. And arguably, you can tell me no games since this guy always plays banged up. Now, Calvin Ridley expect to be fine. So if Julio Jones is out and you still want to play Matt Ryan, it would be Calvin Ridley, Hayden Hurst, and Russell Gage in that order for me. And then he could throw Olmedeed and Christian Blake. But the previous time that we've seen no Julio Jones, sometimes it's Olmedeed, sometimes it's Christian Blake. So uh, it's going to be kind of a coin flip there. If Julio Jones is in, and if he's going to be at least healthy or partially healthy, you don't have to get to him, but it's at least somebody that Matt Ryan is going to be targeting seven, eight times and feels comfortable with, especially on third downs. The splits are massive for Matt Ryan in terms of if he's going to have some of these ceiling performances close to 25 to 30, or if he's just going to be trying to push the 20 fantasy points. And honestly, even at this price point, 20 fantasy points is not going to win you a GPP. So $5,900 Matt Ryan is very much so going to be coming down to what happens to Julio Jones. And on the opposite side, I like Derek Carr. Derek Carr has always been a stable quarterback. I mean, three, four years ago, before he got hurt, he was an MVP candidate coming down to the end of the season. And this guy's playing some of the best football, if not the best football of his career this year. He's averaging 7.7 yards per attempt. A 70% completion percentage leads all quarterbacks on this slate that are above this $6,500 price point, and he's $5,700. He's very efficient, averaging a 6% touchdown percentage, which right now his 6% touchdown percentage is top five on this slate. He has the best matchup on the slate. Atlanta is allowing 28.9 fantasy points to quarterbacks, the opposing quarterbacks. And we know what's happening. Drew Locke stinks. Two weeks ago, he goes off in garbage time most of it, but then comes back against Atlanta, right? Makes it a game of that in the third and fourth quarter. Last week, Taysom Hill 
probably stinks. Only threw the ball, I think, downfield past 10 yards on seven of his 23 attempts. Obviously gets there on the ground with two rushing touchdowns, but he's able to put up big points against Atlanta's defense. It's been something that every single quarterback has done, and now you get a good quarterback in Derek Carr coming in. The primary stock stack is indeed Darren Waller. Your secondary options, Nelson Aguilar is somewhat hit or miss here and there. Hunter Renfro is not getting on the field. Henry Ruggs is not being used right now. So it really is Darren Waller. This is one of those situations where I normally like to stack two players from a team, pass catchers, but I, I kind of big shrug emojis here. I would be going Darren Waller, then Nelson Aguilar if you had to, but I am okay to just go with Darren Waller and then run it back with like a Calvin Ridley and or a Hayden Hurst and or a Russell Gage, depending on who you're going to be putting in. I wouldn't play two tight ends though. So if you have Darren Waller, I wouldn't go also with Hayden Hurst in that same lineup. And then finally, to close out the stacks and the quarterbacks right now, Tom Brady, hard not to get here, right? Nobody's going to want to play him or not that many people want, want to play him because of how bad he looked in the last game. Had a 0.0% passer rating targeting deep. He's been terrible targeting deep the last three or four games, but none of this matters to me because of how loaded this offensive is, right? When your fourth best passing option is going to be Rob Gronkowski. And right now, third in the pecking order these last couple of games is Chris Godwin, who's your best wide receiver in my opinion. Yes, Tom Brady at $6,600 as a three and a half point underdog. This is what we want to target people. You want to target quarterbacks who are going to be in good matchups, check. We're going to be slight underdogs with good team totals, check all those boxes, 26 and a half team total, three and a half point underdog, and are going to have good weapons that you can actually stack up with. All the checks. And also, also volume, right? Volume usually comes as a slight underdog, but he leads the slate already with 39.4 passing attempts per game. So yes, go ahead and get yourself some Tom Brady. I'm fine to stack any of these guys. I'm fine to stack Evans who keeps getting volume and red zone targets and another touchdown last week continues to lead the NFL in red zone targets and red zone receptions. I'm fine to stack Godwin whose targets are coming down, which is a little bit concerning. Salvage's performance with a touchdown on that last Monday night football game. And then I'm also fine to stack Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. That's where we're at right now with the quarterback position. Let's now move over to the running back position. And if you're still here with me right now, if you're still rocking with me as I'm up at 3 a.m., but maybe you're not, maybe you're up at 3 p.m., whatever it might be, I don't really care. You're up, you're living, you had a great Thanksgiving, hopefully. Please do hit that like button. Please do hit that big old subscribe button that just popped up on the screen as we get to the running back position. So we got to track some injuries. A lot of things can happen this week. Raheem Mostar, Miles Gaskin, Austin Eckler, any of these guys can come back and off the IR. Uh, right now, Austin Eckler is going to be practicing, but they have not yet activated him off the IR. So just keep a close eye on all these things. Some decent running backs, Mostar, Eckler, and Miles Gaskin that can potentially return to play in week 12. Now, also, Christian McCaffrey is still considered week to week. It does not seem like he's going to play this week, but maybe we'll get some practice reports as the week goes on. I'm fingers crossed for my season long league and my, my main league that he actually plays. Made a trade earlier this year, DK Metcalf and Todd Gurley, right when Christian McCaffrey got hurt because they had a loaded team in terms of some depth has gone downhill since then, as you can imagine. So at the top, you have $9,500 Dalvin Cook, who's going to project out for like 25 plus fantasy points or right around there, averaging 29 fantasy points per game this year. It's basically Dalvin Cook and Devontae Adams in terms of elite performers this year that are not quarterbacks that you can rely on for this close to 30 points almost every single time they go out there. He's third on this slate, but if McCaffrey doesn't play second only to Kamara on 0.957 fantasy points per touch, and there's an argument to be made as Kamara for the first time in his NFL career did not have a reception as a starting running back last week with Taysom Hill. Was that due to injury? Kamara was dealing with a foot there during the week? Was it due to Taysom Hill not checking down like Drew Brees does historically well? I think that's more so the case. If that's going to be the case, you're going to have Cook probably going to be projecting as the highest fantasy point per touch player. 34 red zone attempts on the season, 26 opportunities per game right now. It's tied with McCaffrey in a small sample size of McCaffrey when he actually plays. He's seeing more opportunities per game right now than Derrick Henry. I think he's seen 30 plus opportunities in four straight games. Yes, even at this price point, Dalvin Cook is still a yes. The concern is that you have to play expensive quarterbacks this week, or at least I think that's where a lot of the upside is. If you're probably not playing Derek Carr, you're probably gonna have to play $6,500 plus or 7k plus for most of your quarterbacks, if not 8k. Well, then playing Dalvin Cook makes it really difficult because there's not as much value. So if you didn't want to get there, I think then a huge teardrop drops off to the guys that I like next. I like 
Josh Jacobs against Atlanta here. Again, if you want to be targeting, if you want a recipe for success in the long term. Now, obviously, pass catching running backs will help you out. Jacobs gets like three, four targets maybe in the game. So obviously not great. And those aren't going to be high upside targets like with the opportunity to have yards after the catch, like checkdowns for a couple yards. Targeting some of the favorite running backs that have high team totals against bad defense is probably the way you want to go. Atlanta gives up the most points to the running back position as well. This is going to be virtually the highest overall team total on the slate with a three-point favorite. Those things will get you well. And then if you get volume out of that, 23 opportunities per game, 20 on the ground, three targets per game, 41 red zone attempts is second only to Derrick Henry on the slate. Yes, Josh Jacobs, I like a lot in this spot. Nick Chubb for $100 less. I like both Cleveland backs, as you're going to notice on this screen. Sal, how can you like both Cleveland backs? They both had similar opportunities in that last game in terms of what they were doing in the passing game when you factor in Kareem Hunt's passing game, in terms of Kareem Hunt getting red zone and goal line work as well in that game, very sneakily. Now, Kareem Hunt doesn't find the end zone. He kind of busts out for a lot of people because he just doesn't do a lot on his touches. On Nick Chubb, was doing a lot on his touches. So I like both these guys. I will not be playing them together. They're both touchdown favorites in a matchup against Jacksonville that is going to be the second best on the entire slate. You're getting six yards per carry out of Nick Chubb this year, which is absolutely insane. It's hard to judge your opportunities per game because Hunt has obviously been starting and getting a lot more volume when you add Nick Chubb out. So I would expect Nick Chubb to see somewhere around 18 touches in this game, Hunt somewhere around 14 touches, but more passing game usage, 12 to 14. I do prefer Nick Chubb, but it's obviously a $1,500 difference. So both of them are in play for me. Again, I will not be playing them together. And now this is where we start to find some value running backs that I think one of them will have a lot of upside and both of them are definitely in play for me to try and fit in those expensive stacks. Maybe also fit in Dalvin Cook, starting with Wayne Gallman Jr. Look, Devonta Freeman is still going to be on IR. Wayne Gallman Jr., this is his backfield. Matchup against Cincinnati is going to be fine. He's getting a ton of volume, Wayne Gallman Jr. right now. And I think a lot of people will be late to actually getting to Wayne Gallman Jr. for a couple of logistical reasons. It was Thanksgiving this week. A lot of people aren't even going to be starting to consume content for the Sunday slate until like at the earliest Friday afternoon, right? Thanksgiving's over. You're playing the showdown slate Thanksgiving night. You wake up up, you hang out with your family, you hang out with whatever, you take a shower, you do whatever you got to do for work, whatever it might be, right? And then it's Friday afternoon, it's Friday night, and you start researching the slate. And people forget, oh, the Giants were on bye week 11. They forget all about Wayne Gallman Jr. basically, right? But Wayne Gallman Jr. has been balling out. Wayne Gallman Jr. has put up 13 or more fantasy points in the last four games for the Giants before the bye week, capping off with a 19-point performance on 20 opportunities against the Philadelphia Eagles. The game before that, 15 opportunities, 15 touches. The game before that, 13. The game before that, 15. So I can project Wayne Gallman Jr. in a good matchup against Cincinnati for 15 or 16 points in a rare spot where he's going to be a five and a half point favorite. Yes, a 24 implied team total is fine for me at this price point. $5,000 Wayne Gallman is going to look very good in my opinion. A 6.1% touchdown percentage so he's been very efficient from that standpoint, almost 0.8 fantasy points per touch. Wayne Gallman Jr., if we can rely on 15 to 16 opportunities with the upside of 20 plus, and we can rely on around 15 plus fantasy points on average around this guy the last month, yes, I want Wayne Gallman Jr. a good amount at $5,000. And lastly, my final yes is James White. Rex Hurt Burkett is banged up. James White has been bad all year long. He just hasn't been getting the volume, right? It's been the goal line carries have been going to Rex Burkett, Damian Harris, but obviously Cam Newton also in that category a lot as well. The passing game this year has been a concern overall for this team, and he's just not on the field enough. They've been using Damian Harris a lot more to try and run the ball. Rex Burkhead, the last month of the season, has taken over the workload, but we actually finally got to see for the first time in a while. I mean, I'm talking week 10, week 9, week 8, week 7. All those weeks, this guy wasn't even cracking like six fantasy points. A couple of those weeks, he had one fantasy point. It's been since week four and week six, back-to-back weeks that he had double-digit fantasy points, but since then, we haven't seen anything. But the week finally came this week. He saw five rushing attempts, which is at least noteworthy because that's tied for the most he's seen this season, which is good to see. Picked up another two fantasy points on the ground. And now his price tag at $4,500, I don't think is going to be all that 
accurate knowing that we know Rex Burkett is going to be on IR. And what happened in that game after that? He saw all the passing game usage. He started running a lot of routes. He caught six of nine targets for 64 yards, finishing with 14.3 fantasy points. Now, Wayne Gallman is going to give you passing game usage, routes run, red zone usage, and he's also going to give you uh, work on the ground. So for $500 more, if you're picking one, I think Wayne Gallman has more a secure role here. But now I think that we could project James White pretty comfortably to run probably 25 to 30 routes, depending on how many dropbacks Cam has in this game, maybe 20 to 25 if it's not that many, four to five carries and seeing himself six to eight with the opportunity of 10 plus targets. Usually that's going to project out for double digit fantasy points for James White. So these are the two running backs that I like the most early in the week. Again, I have some other interests that are yeses or maybe's right now. Kamara's a maybe at $8,200. He's in this middle price range where if you have that extra money to get up to him off of Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb, I probably do. Even though we didn't see the passing game usage last week, I think we will be seeing it. We will never see the ceiling without Drew Brees there of a 25 or a 30% passing game target share. But I do think they're going to prioritize that more this week. Derek Henry as an underdog against Indy in a very tough matchup. Indy has the best run defense in terms of fantasy points allowed to the opposing running back. I'll probably be staying away from Derek Henry as I personally normally do. Second most opportunities on the slate though, 25.1 per game, 46 red zone touches is good to see. Mike Davis, our boy Mike Davis bounced back last week, 16 fantasy points, not a fantastic performance, just caught uh, two of his targets for 15 yards, ended up having a short score, but he had 20 plus opportunities. We finally got to see that workload. I think he's fine against Minnesota, which we just saw Zeke, who's been struggling for weeks now, go for over 20 fantasy points, over 100 yards rushing and a total touchdown. I'd average players in play, but only because he's in that good game environment as potential leverage as a favorite on a team that has the highest total. We got the same have usage in that last game, right? 18 opportunities, two touchdowns, 16 attempts on the ground. Uh, so that was good to see for Clyde Edwards Lair. Again, at 6,400, it's still not fluky, but it's still kind of tough to really want to go all in on that. It's just the game environment is so good. James Robinson continues to see a lot of work. He's in play. Kalen Balaj against Buffalo is a nice spot. Buffalo has really struggled this year against the run. Kalen Balaj is taking on this workhorse role. Kalen Balaj got hurt in that last game, such as something to monitor, but he still came back and he ended up seeing 23 overall touches and he ended up seeing 25 opportunities. I mean, back-to-back weeks now, five plus receptions and six plus targets. And in that last game, seven receptions on nine targets for 27 yards. This man had 25 opportunities and scored 14 fantasy points. Like Caitlin Blige is not good by any means, right? This is his yards per attempt since becoming a starter. Week 10, 3.8 yards per attempt. Week 11, 2.8 yards per attempt. And that was in a decent matchup against the Jets as a big favorite. Now he's going to have an even better matchup against Buffalo. I think he's going to continue to see the workload. Obviously, just keep in mind that if Austin Eckler is going to be active, we're not playing Caitlin Blige. So Caitlin Blige is a borderline yes for me based on his volume right now. And he's going to be in play in cash in my opinion. And then Salvin Ahmed, I prefer Wayne Gallman. I prefer James White because Salvin Ahmed, I don't think his workload is going to be 100% secure this week. There's also a chance that Mile Gaskin comes off the IR this week as he's eligible to at least return after the three weeks. Salvin Ahmed did see passing game usage though. Five catches on six targets, 31 yards, scored double digit fantasy points for the second straight week in a row. Ended up seeing in that game 18 opportunities and 17 touches this past week. I think he's a good player. He's a seven point favorite. So that gives him upside against the Jets. He's going to be in play as another cheap option at the running back position. But again, I do prefer Gallman and James White. Now we move over to the wide receiver position, which I will say right now, please do. If you have not already, check out my Patreon link down below. You're going to get a ton of information over there, especially if you are somebody who loves the Sunday morning live streams, which is usually 1,200 to 1,500 people in those bad boys, 8,000 people watch them overall. But due to the travel, we won't be able to do those, which is very sad. But again, check out Patreon. Sunday Closing Thoughts Podcast will get you all the information you need and all the updated projections, rankings, game by game notes, and all that stuff will help you out a ton. So now getting over to the wide receiver page of actually, uh, for the people who are OGs, normally sometimes at this point in the week, I have like 40, 45 guys listed here because I like a lot of stacks. I like a lot of guys I don't want to get to. And normally I'll own a ton of wide receivers because there's three viable ones from every single team for the most part, if you're going to be stacking it up. This week, if you go down here, I only got about 24 guys listed because I'm trying to condense it for the purpose of Thanksgiving, purpose of the slate, give you more bang for your buck here in your time. I don't need to break down into the guys up top all that much. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins is expensive. So is Tyree Kill. So is Steph Diggs. These are all guys that I don't want to be putting in stacks with their quarterbacks for the most part. Steph Diggs is probably my favorite wide receiver play on the overall slate at 
averaging 10.1 targets per game, 91 yards per game. A 35% share of his market share of targets right now is basically tied for right now, I believe, fourth on this slate. Only guys ahead of him are Tyree Kill, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson. Michael Thomas got to finally come back to work last week with a 55% target share from Taysom Hill. Look, I don't care how bad you think Taysom Hill is. He only threw 23 attempts last week, and 16 of them were at 10 or less yards. That's going to be Michael Thomas' range every single time. Taysom Hill ended up going for, I believe, 18 to 23 for 233 yards. No passing touchdowns, but those are going to continue to happen. And if he's going to have these low risk throws that are going to Michael Thomas, who feasted after the catch last week, averaged 11.6 yards per reception, nine catches on 12 targets for 104 yards. Michael Thomas is a firm yes for me. He doesn't have the same upside with Taysom Hill out there as Steph Diggs to just go for, I don't know, 160 yards and a touchdown or two because Josh Allen will target deep, which I don't think Taysom Hill will. Only targeted deep, I think, 20 or more yards three times last week with one completion. But Michael Thomas firmly in play. Ridley, I like, and I like him even more because there's nobody in the secondary that ranks bottom five right now for Vegas to stop him. And I like him even more. Honestly, either way, if Julio's in, I still like him. But if Julio's out, obviously you're looking at a 30 plus percent target share, like you saw in previous games with Julio out in a nice total spot here. 8.6 targets per game, 34.5% of Atlanta's air yard market share right now, and averaging 15.5 air yards per target. That's currently the highest on the slate with any wide receiver that has a decent amount of target sample this year. Now we get all these Tampa Bay wide receivers. As you can see, I have them all as yeses here. $6,100 Mike Evans, $6,000 Chris Godwin, $5,700 right now Antonio Brown. They are all so cheap. No matter what type of stack you want to do, whether it's a run back with Patrick Mahomes, it's easy to do so. If you want to stack up right now, Tom Brady, it's very easy to do so. He's $6,600 and he's the most expensive piece of the stack. That makes it so easy to do that and then go ahead and get whatever you want at running back. So yeah, it's kind of hard to ignore what Antonio Brown has done since he's been back and kind of hard to ignore that he's getting a lot of usage and should have even bigger games if if there's any upside right now in Tom Brady's deep ball, but there's just not. But I think a lot of people are going to overblow that this week. Since coming in right now, the last two games, eight targets and 13 targets. He's had 13.6 and 13.8 fantasy points these last two games. Seven and eight receptions. So right now he's doing this and surviving without touchdowns. He's doing this without the Tom Brady deep ball. So I like Antonio Brown's usage. I still think that Mike Evans is the guy that you want to have if you want to see that two touchdown upside the most. Mike Evans continues to be feasted with targets. Everybody wanted to bury this guy earlier in the year. Now he has 20 targets in the past two weeks. He now has a touchdown in three out of his last four games, leading the league in red zone targets and touches. And then Chris Godwin is going to slowly start to become the guy that nobody wants to play compared to the other two based on his recent volume. And I really can't blame you, but he did have 10 targets in this past game, right? He had six before that. He ended up scoring 18.3 fantasy points because he found the end zone in the fourth quarter on Monday Night Football. I would probably rank it right now still early on in the week. Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans. I know that um, Antonio Brown had 13 targets, but I'm still going to rely on Godwin's role in the slot. And all of these guys are going to have good matchups, but I think in the middle of the field is where they'll be able to pick apart Kansas City the most. Now we get to some cheaper one-off options. You're going to have Michael Pittman down here, who Michael Pittman had that big crossing route for a touchdown. It was very nice to see. It was Vincent Jackson-esque out of Philip Rivers to Michael Pittman over the middle of the field, but he only had three targets. That's a concern. And a game where Philip Rivers was throwing a ton, heading into overtime as well, right? Still had to play some snaps in overtime. I don't think they really passed the ball all that much middle of the fourth quarter to overtime. But Pittman had a hot start, scores 15.6 fantasy points, and then he goes away. Just has three catches on those three targets, 66 yards and a touchdown after having 15 targets before that. I think this is more of an outlier fluky week. So Michael Pittman's still in play at $5,000. His 1.85x multiplier and super draft is just way, way, way too high in my opinion. It's going to lead to a lot of fantasy points. He's averaging right now a ton of yards after the catch compared to his expectation, which just means that he's a good yards after the catch player, but he's going to have to start relying a lot more on jump ball ability if he wants to succeed long-term. We mentioned Wayne Gallman coming off the bye week and people are probably going to forget about this 
Giants team in general. But another guy to keep an eye on is Sterling Shepard. 100% catch rate in his last game, got all six of his targets for 47 yards. Sterling Shepard has now scored since coming back from injury in week seven, 11 or more fantasy points in every single game. And he's seen six or more targets and six or more receptions in all four of those games since returning. Very stable piece at $5,100 in the passing game. Has an 81% catch rate, which is one of the highest, the second highest on the slate right now. Get yourself some Sterling Shepard, which in cash games, you can feel pretty comfortable about a 10 point performance with the upside. If he finally finds the end zone, because he has not since week seven, if he finds the end zone, that's where you start to get the 18 to 20 point performances. Then we have a long list of guys that are maybes right now. Not actually that long compared to usual. Proud of myself here. Keenan Allen, expensive, but we know we're stacking him up in those spots. Julio Jones, expensive, but if he's going to be healthy, well, he's actually fairly priced. $6,500 Julio. If it comes out that he's practicing on Thursday and Friday or just practices Friday and he's good, it's way too cheap. It's $1,000 too cheap for Julio. We've had this situation once this year against Minnesota. Now an equally bad secondary in Las Vegas comes to town. So expect potential Mount St. Julio eruption at just 5% ownership if indeed he's going to be healthy. Cooper Cup, both the Rams guys are on here. They're fine. Justin Jefferson is also on here. Now keep an eye on this. He has just, I think my friend sent me a, a screenshot the other day. He's up there in terms of like top five yards in the season with like 20 less targets than everybody else. That's how insane he's been downfield this year. He's the number two overall PFF wide receiver. He's the number one wide receiver in yards per route run. He's been good, but look, Adam Thielen's not out there. I don't expect Justin Jefferson to be used in the Adam Thielen role. I expect him to be used in the Justin Jefferson role. Maybe it's Ola BZ Johnson goes into that Adam Thielen role, right? Adam Thielen has COVID if you're not familiar right now. And look, you're not getting a lot of targets. You have five, 10, four, four targets over the last couple of games for him. So that's because his team is not throwing a lot. So it's not on him, but he's not using the red zone. He has one red zone and one end zone target this year, courtesy of the uh, John Daigle live stream that he does. I believe it's on Wednesday nights, Tuesday nights uh, for fantasy football free agency. He took some questions. I ended up peeking in and taking on that nugget from him. So shout out, not Jay Daigle on Twitter. If you want to follow him for even more and great information from Roto World. But right now you're having, I think it was like 16, uh, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, 16 or 17 red zone and end zone targets for Adam Thielen, just one for Jefferson. Now, maybe that changes, right? Maybe they start to say, okay, Jefferson, we're going to use you more in the red zone. Now, Adam's not going to play for the next one to two games, but I don't feel too confident in that right now. Uh, so I do think he picks up ownership because he's cheap. He's in a good matchup against Carolina. He's expected to see more targets with no Adam Thielen out there. Just keep an eye on this. If he becomes the highest on wide receiver, I think there's a lot of ways for it to bust because he does rely on big plays. And if people are going to be banking on high ownership that that happens, I'll just say that it won't happen. Also, the Carolina receivers are all three of them are in play for me and DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel. It's going to be interesting. If Teddy Bridgewater is back, I will rank it as Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. And we saw Philip Walker that he was targeting all of them, but it seemed like he really liked Curtis Samuel and he liked DJ Moore a little bit more than Robbie Anderson. One game, small sample, but I'll still prefer Robbie Anderson if indeed it's Teddy Bridgewater. If it's not, if it's going to be PJ Walker, I'll actually prefer $40 or $5,100 Curtis Samuel. A couple of other cheap options to close it out. Russell Gage, only if Julio Jones is out. Denzel Mims and Perriman, both these guys from the Jets. Look, if it's Joe Flacco, I feel a little bit more comfortable with downfield usage than if it is Sam Darnold. We have not seen any information as of Wednesday morning on that status, but $3,500 Denzel Mims is starting to break out a little bit. Three catches. 70 plus yards last week and some nice acrobatic catches. His touchdown is going to be coming. He's a nice cheap option if you want to punt wide receiver yet again. Let's close up shop right now. And if you want to play player props, if you're not already familiar with Monkey Knife Fight, it's going to be linked down below in the description. You'll get free money bonus up to $50 Ruskies using my last name, promo code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, so you can play player props. So more or less the over-under, whatever you want to play. There's a lot of game modes over on Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing DFS site. It's a ton of fun. The guys over there are the guys and the girls. Uh, they're intuitive. They are innovative and innovative is lightly in an understatement for what they're doing over on Monkey Knife fight right now. You can get some of these tight end props and overall players over there. I think you're going to see a lot of upside in the Tampa Bay props for those receivers this week. The market's depressed based on what Brady did last week, but now it's a new week, a fantastic spot, and they're going to have to probably throw 40 to 45 times. So check out Monkey Knife Fight today. Promo code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, gets you that deposit bonus up to a $50 Ruskies free money. So be sure to take advantage of it. Now we get to tight end. I like the good tight ends. I like the good tight ends that I can put into stacks. And we luckily have that this week after we had it for the past two weeks, not at all. So Travis Kelsey back in the slate. $7,000 is expensive, probably lower his ownership to an extent. Probably 
still comes in around 20% owned. So I'm fine getting to Travis Kelsey. I like Travis Kelsey. I can't say anything bad about the guy who is the most consistent tight end, averaging 21 fantasy points per game. Nobody else is within like seven points of that at this point. Nine targets per game. He's gone over 100 yards, I believe, now in back to back games. There's not much to say about Travis Kelsey. Get him if you can afford him. But Darren Waller is to discount Travis Kelsey. Darren Waller is $6,000. He's nowhere near as consistent because he doesn't play with Patrick Mahomes. He's just not as good as Travis Kelsey, although he's pretty similar, I would personally say. His speed score is absolutely insane. And Darren Waller, two weeks ago, for the first time, had less than five catches in his career over the last two years. He ended up having this insane streak of five plus catches in every single game, broke the record, I believe it was in week nine, and only had three catches. But then he came back in week 11 against Kansas City and post 22 fantasy points, 88 yards, seven catches on seven targets and a touchdown. It was the second best performance of the season. And now he gets Atlanta, which is just going to be an absolute smash spot and feast spot. I do think that point per dollar wise, Darren Waller at $6,000 is the best tight end play on the slate. I assume the ownership will follow that, but I do like it still no matter what. And then you have a lot of other tight ends that we can get to that get a lot of volume. Hunter Henry is slowly starting to come on. I was beating my drum for like five weeks in a row and everybody was saying, stop saying Hunter Henry is a good play. Every game but two this season out of Hunter Henry. So an 80% share, he's seeing at least six or more targets this past week. And right now, if you're looking at it, he's seen currently four or more receptions in four straight games, four or more receptions in five out of the last six games. And he's finally getting into the end zone. Back-to-back games, a touchdown, the regression has come. So he's going to be averaging around 10, 11, 12 fantasy points. And he's going to be a good stack option for you. I like how many good tight ends we have this week, because if you're not playing Waller or he ends up being too chalky or he becomes too expensive for your specific build, you do have these nice 4k options and even some 3k options the 4k ones being hunter henry evan ingram after a week 10 bad game against philadelphia a good linebackers there in philadelphia they cover the tight end pretty fine now he gets the ultimate bounce back spot off the bye against cincinnati here we like these giants players wayne gallman sterling shepherd don't really want to stack it all up but i do think it's a decent really cheap stack if you want to go sterling shepherd Darius slayton sterling shepherd evan ingram but everybody might be sour on evan ingram's performance before the bye week it wasn't that good, right? He was coming off of three straight games of 11 or more fantasy points, coming off of three straight games of nine or more targets and five plus receptions. Then he goes out there, two catches, 15 yards on three targets. Then the bye week comes. So a lot of people are probably not going to want to get back to him, especially in the same price range, how good Hunter Henry has been playing the last two to three weeks. So Evan Ingram at $4,500, definitely in play for me. And then my final yes is going to be Hayden Hurst. I like him a lot more if Julio Jones is out. There's another guy who busted last week, right? It's going to be very similar to the Evan Ingram comparison. Hayden Hurst was seeing seven or more targets in three straight games, five or more receptions in three straight games, scoring 10 and a half and more fantasy points in three straight games. And then he comes out zero overall catches against New Orleans on two targets, puts up a goose egg, right? I don't expect that to happen again based on how much usage this guy has, especially if you're going to see Julio Jones miss. Either way, I like Hayden Hurst at that price point to bounce back at $3,900 as he is now, I believe, at his lowest price point of the entire season. Seems like a pretty damn good bounce back spot. Rob Gronkowski and your stacks of Tampa Bay are runbacks with Kansas City. It's firmly in play. Seeing five targets per game, 11.5 yards per reception is the second highest on the slate, only behind Mike Gusecki. Now, Mike Gusecki I have on here, and I was hoping that we might actually see uh, uh, some crazy stuff happened and Ryan Fitzpatrick go back to starting because Mike Gusecki immediately became viable again. Two catches had like 30 yards in the second half when Ryan Fitzpatrick took over. Mike Gusecki was scoring decent amounts of fantasy points, six, 30, eight and a half, 14, when Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. Since getting two as the quarterback has not been great. 1.2, 7.2, six fantasy points basically. So Mike Gusecki, I really liked him a lot more if it was going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Doesn't seem like it's going to be the case this week. A couple of other guys to keep in mind. Austin Hooper, I think still a fair price point as his price point comes down now. And again, this passing attack for Cleveland three bad weather games in a row. It's depressing all their salaries. Hooper, how can you blame the guy when he's in two win games and then he's in a rainstorm in a monsoon last week? All of his production these last two to three weeks are really not on him. And then my final interest, who's very close to a yes, or I guess we can say Jack Doyle's a punt at 2,500. If you're looking for one of those guys, I won't be playing him. But if you're looking for a punt, that's the only guy who looks that decent to me. And then my final yes is going to be your final interest, who probably becomes a yes at the end of the week. Jordan Reed, who finally healthy now against the Packers in week nine on the mini bios Thursday night football. He was not going to be fully healthy. They said he was on a pitch count. Then he comes back in week 10, fully healthy 
healthy, five catches, 62 yards, and six targets. Basically, their leading receiver. There's no Brandon Ayuk. There's no George Kittle. Debo Samuel's questionable. He scored 11.2 fantasy points the last time that we saw him out there, and now he's cheap at $3,600. The only time that he's played another full game without injury, seven catches on eight targets, 50 yards, and two touchdowns, is a very high overall targets per route run because he's a good tight end. We're actually going to make right now Jordan Reed a yes on this show to close out the week. He's the cheapest tight end that I would go to with confidence. Jordan Reed at $3,600. So a lot of tight ends this week, a lot of ways to get them in your stacks, a lot of ways to pay up for them. Travis Kelsey and Waller, a lot of ways to punt them, right? Jordan Reed, we just talked about all the way at the bottom, Jack Doyle, if you really are feeling frisky. So thank you so much for tuning into this video. This is the Friday video. And as of me right now at 3.30 in the morning or 4 a.m. right now, uh, I'm tired. We just ended up putting together nine pieces of content in basically two days and two in like a third day if you're counting this morning. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Hit that like and subscribe before you go. Leave any comments with any questions you might have. Follow me on my social medias at SalVetriDFS on Twitter, Sal underscore Vetri over on Instagram. Check out my Patreon link down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore to check out all that I have to offer over there. I appreciate you all in advance. You all rock so, so much. I'll see you all in the next one. No Sunday live stream this week. So the Patreon Closing Doubts podcast becomes even more influential for the people that want to take that extra step in their DFS game to get above their competitors, get their questions answered, but also learn a new process in how to beat your competitors and just score more points than them. Seems simple, but there's a lot of ways to actually do it and do it wrong. So be sure to check that out on Patreon. Link down below. Thank you, everybody. And I'll see you in the next one tomorrow, Saturday. That one, dude, for week 12 comes out. And then we restart the week with some live streams and some shows on Monday. Best of luck, everybody. Peace out, gang. See you in the next one. You all rock.